and other episodes ad-free, listener shout-outs, and more. Help support the show through our official Patreon at patreon.com slash bleedersdigest. That's D-I-E-G-E-S-T. The following contains mature subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. Volume 3, a curated collection of horrifying short stories. Bleeder's Digest, issue number 52. This week's contributors include Angel Love 8, Itchy Sanchez, Maggie Myers, and Lighting Nations. My love, I've always loved you since we were children. The day you helped me get down from that tree was the day I fell in love with you. I know you probably don't remember it, it was so long ago, but I'm writing you this letter to tell you that my love for you is undying no matter what. I will love you forever. I love the way you look when you get up in the morning. I love the way you act when you think no one's watching. I love the way you always smile at me in the hallway and say good morning. But that's enough of that as you probably already realized I adore you. Of course, there are things I don't like about you, too. I don't like the way you look at other girls sometimes. I don't like it when you do little things like flirt with other girls or give them your number. I especially don't like the new cameras you started installing. It makes it harder to look at you through the window. My love, I know you love me, too. It's just you find it hard to express the way you love me because it's hard for you to find me. I know I got very good at hiding. But, my love, don't go looking for that woman anymore. I don't like it when you see other girls and you'll never see her again, so stop looking. I don't care how much she claims to love you. Just know I will always love you more, so give up looking for her and stay with me instead. Best of wishes, my love. Are you one of those people that are always late? Like constantly, chronically late? To the point where your friends start to give you a fake earlier time just to make sure you are not late? Well, I was one of those people. I still am actually, but not through any choice of mine. It started off, weirdly enough, as a simple technological glitch. I would have a time set on my phone, go to my meetup or appointment and find that my phone was running a few minutes behind. 
honestly, in this day and age, I didn't think anyone could have the wrong time on their phone. But then it started to get worse. After a month, I found that I was half an hour late for everything. After two months, I was coming into work a full hour late. I tried everything. I adjusted the time on my phone. I changed my time zone. I started actively coming in earlier than what the time was, but nothing changed. Eventually, I stopped using the time on my phone. I bought a new watch, an analog watch, and matched it with the time in the giant clock in the city. After the time on my watch was matched exactly with that of the giant clock, I turned away. I closed my eyes and counted to ten. Please, I thought to myself, please be the right time. I turned around and looked at the giant clock. My heart sank. Two and a half hours had passed. I didn't know what to do or who to turn to. I wandered the streets of the city. My friends had all stopped talking to me at this point. I apparently wouldn't return texts for days. My tardiness at work had gotten me fired. And so, with nowhere to be, I simply walked the city. Every now and then, I would go back to the giant clock to look at the time. I can't remember now when all of this started or how long I've walked the city. But the giant clock reminds me. The last time I checked, it's been 6,312,200 minutes since I started walking. I am 12 years late. Digest issue number 52 Tiny Terrors Volume 3 After this When I was younger My mother would always say Leave your scabs alone If you pick at them It's going to form a scar And yet I picked at even the most gruesome cuts, sometimes reopening wounds and receiving infections for my actions. As time went on, I never got over my scab obsession, so to speak. Cut my leg a little too hard during shaving? A favorable scab would pop up days later, ready for the picking. Fell on the pavement outside and busted my knee. After the pain subsides in a few days... The fun begins. You know, the general scabbing cycle and what I could look forward to. When I gave birth to my son, he was the light of my world, momentarily changing things for me and giving me something to live for. However, it did not take long for me to find that baby skin is so versatile 
so fresh, so young. It started with a scab here and there when he would scratch himself with his new little fingernails. A scab that I would pick off days later to find that fresh, healed skin resided underneath. There was a new, certain pleasure to that feeling, knowing that I was working with the best skin. And so, tonight, before my husband gets home, I take the razor and shred off just a little on the back of his legs, in that place where pants will cover so nobody will be able to tell. He screams and struggles a little bit, but I smile, knowing that fresh, healed skin will take its place as we get a bit more adventurous each day and as the scabs grow larger. And I wait as the new scabs begin to form, ready for picking. My neighbor puts her ear to the wall whenever I'm on Zoom with my therapist. I'm not exaggerating when I say Allison was the worst person to ever walk the earth. Ask anybody in my apartment complex and they'll tell you the same thing, whether it's the maintenance man she routinely woke up at 2 a.m. to replace flickering light bulbs, or Mrs. Richardson, who she almost headbutted for having a jar of peanut butter in her grocery bag, because apparently we all had to amend our eating habits to accommodate Her Royal Highness's allergies. I, of course, lived right next door to her, which meant the only thing separating us was a thin sheet of cardboard. A herd of coked-up elephants would have made less racket than Allison. And I'm not saying she couldn't sing, but three months ago she belted out a rendition of Chandelier by Sia, and nobody's seen the Johnson's cat since. Poor Mittens. Unfortunately, just like how I heard everything in her apartment, she heard mine. During the very first Zoom with my therapist, right as I dug into a painful childhood memory about getting gum in my hair, I got revenge on the bully responsible by baking cookies laced with laxative and offering him some. Allison's TV fell silent. Then she shuffled closer to the wall. A simple coincidence, right? Wrong. Usually it sounded like that woman was tap dancing and setting off fireworks at the same time. Yet the second I turned on my emotional faucet and let the grief pour out, she became a regular fucking church mouse. I wanted to slap the shit out of her, but she had 30 pounds on me. I needed to get creative. One morning, I stepped into the elevator right as Allison accosted Mrs. Donnelly for getting her Zimmer frame stuck at the threshold. What a bitch, I said to Allison after the sliding doors finally closed. Right? Earning her trust wasn't hard. One mention of Love Island and she had a sudden attack of verbal diarrhea. Oh my god, I love that. From then on, during our encounters in the hall, we chatted. Once or twice, she even turned up at my door with a bottle of vodka. And seeing as I wanted to maintain the charade, we got drunk together. <laughs> then one afternoon, as I returned home, I went into the hall and said, I baked these for you. I handed over a plate of cookies wrapped in foil. Oh, that's so sweet. Ten minutes later, I booted my laptop and waved hello to my therapist. How have you been? Bad, I said, sighing loudly. Next door, Allison moved closer. And for once, I found myself grateful there was no way to block out the sounds. Because now I could hear Allison decide a little snack would go well with the entertainment. I could hear her cough and splutter, 
hear her struggle for air. I could hear her thump the wall, trying to warn me her throat had closed over, that she needed help. And then, after a few minutes, I could hear nothing except silence. Sweet, sweet silence. My neighbor puts her ear to the wall whenever I'm on Zoom with my therapist. Written by Lighting Nations. Follow the subreddit Thought Industry for more. Narrated by Addison Peacock. Featuring Lauren Shand as Allison. Alyssa Park as the therapist. I always like to pick scabs. Written by Maggie Myers. Narrated by Alyssa Park. 12 years late. Written by Ichi Sanchez. Narrated by Trevor Shand. My Love. Written by Angel Love 8. Narrated by Addison Peacock. Engineering production and sound design by Trevor Shand. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser-known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out, and we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.